following is a production of Rutgers Global. Welcome to Rutgers Around the World, the podcast with the finger on the pulse of all things global at Rutgers. Today we hear from Ifra Akhtar, who graduated from Rutgers University in 2019. During the summer of 2017, Ifra studied abroad in Seoul, South Korea. She had some amazing experiences as you would expect, but also faced some challenges as a Muslim woman, including being abroad during Ramadan, a holy month in the Islamic faith during which Muslims fast from sunrise to sunset. These experiences studying abroad inspired Ifra to develop a resource for other Muslim students seeking a global experience, leading to the creation of her guide called Muslims Abroad. In this episode of Rutgers Around the World, Ifra talks about her study abroad experience and her Muslims Abroad project. This is her story. My first time studying abroad was like going to South Korea for a month. And I think the one big motivator for me was definitely, there's this quote that says that in order to learn your culture, sometimes you have to leave it. And I feel like we live in this bubble here in the United States. And especially like me, like I was, I'm the first um, person in my family to go to college. And um, I have two younger sisters who are sitting in the back. So I feel like I really had to like pave a way to kind of show them that, hey, like you can literally do anything when you go to college, anything you want to do. I lived on campus like this is an hour and a half away from where I live. And it might not seem like a lot, but it seemed like a lot to my parents. So like the whole idea of me leaving the country was like insane for them. But I can definitely say that one big motivator other than like leaving my culture to learn more about it was definitely that the world is your classroom. So as a religion major here on campus, there were things I was learning about, principles, theories, like we were learning about Hinduism, Islam, Christianity, and like in the classroom. But when I was actually brought in Seoul, there's this class I took called Living Religions in South Korea. And we actually visited like a Christian church in South Korea. We visited a mosque and I didn't even know there was a Muslim population in South Korea. Like they have this beautiful mosque that sits on the hill and you can see like downtown Seoul from it. And being able to take what I was learning in like my classroom and my undergrad and like applying it, not through just like principle and like doctrine wise, but seeing how Korean Islam is different from like my Islam or American Islam definitely I think opened doorways for me like mentally and also professionally because I'm still uh, friends with like the people I was in class with during my Iwa um, trip and I'm I also made like lifelong friends while I was there as well. Pursuing like study abroad or global study, it does open your horizons more. You realize that like, yeah, we're all connected through social media, but when you're actually there in that space, it's completely different from liking a picture of like South Korea online, you know? And I feel like it's important for you to be in that space because also half of representation is showing up. And I feel like even if you show up in your space or in a global space, it's really important for you to not only build your identity and to see like, hey, like I consider myself like maybe in the future, I I could see myself living in South Korea. So I feel like that's why it's important for you to think about these things, not just like, oh, it's study abroad. Like think about how it can impact you like personally, professionally and academically. So for me, I talked a little bit about the challenges that I had, which was like navigating the food scene in Korea and then also like finding places I could pray because like I had to do Eid prayers somewhere. So thinking about stuff like that. But the main challenge for me that I like to focus on is like talking to my parents 
because if I didn't have those initial conversations with them, I don't think I would have gone abroad. And this is where I want to talk a lot about like support systems. Like you mentioned too, like having a community or like a support group that can back you up. And I was very lucky that I worked at the study abroad office. I was a work study student there. So I was like placed there coming in as a freshman here at Rutgers and being in that environment and seeing like, like, I'm sorry, I don't want to like trigger anyone. But for me personally, I always thought that like, study abroad was like a thing like white people did, like rich white people, you know, like they had access to money. Again, I don't want to offend anyone, but um, coming into the office, I saw people of all different types, like different races, different cultures coming in and like actually pursuing study abroad. So I think the first layer of me like breaking into like, oh, I can actually do this was seeing those students by like working at the office. And then the second was definitely like, I worked with Kelly and Christina and everyone there at the staff at the office was very supportive. And I told them like, I would love to study abroad, but I don't know what my parents would say. Like me living here on campus is already a huge thing for them. And they honestly didn't like that I was like coming here at, to Rutgers. So she said, well, if what are your parents so concerned about? And I know two things, like I, I'm a woman. It was my first time going abroad on my own. Um, also, they don't think like Korea is not like a Muslim country. So they were fearful of what people like would I be able to eat? How would I be able to survive there for a month? And I think I like sat down and I had to do research. So that's one thing that I really want to say, like do your research because it's one thing saying, oh, I'm going to study abroad and actually like showing them instead of being all about talk. So I feel like when you're actually sit down with your parents and say, this is why it's important to me. These are the steps I'm going to do to make it happen. Um, eventually they did say, oh, you can, as long as you're able to pay for the majority of it. So that was like a plan for me. I was like, okay, they're more open to the idea now. Now I just have to figure out the fundraising. And then thankfully, like with the Gilman and the scholarship I got from the study abroad office and some money I saved, I was able to make it a reality. But again, just having a support system and doing your own research is really important. Also, one thing you mentioned about community that I really liked before, like I was about to go abroad, I shared this news with like my professor, one of my religion professors here. And he was like, oh, I've traveled in like South Korea, like a lot. So he was able to connect with me with people that he knew in Seoul, uh, like Muslim people that he knew that might be able to be like points of contact for me. And also while I was in Iwa, um, one of my professors there for the religion course, he actually, made Islam a part of the course's curriculum. Like it wasn't, there wasn't a chapter about Islam in that course's syllabus for the summer, but he made it because he wanted to show not only the class, but me that there is like a Muslim scene on campus. So I feel like it's very important when you see these like gaps or these things you want to know more about to like share your ideas with like support people or professors, just because you don't know what it can take you to. I think what's so important with finances is that if you start doing your research, there is so much money out there available to students, especially like minority students and even like religious students. Like there are certain scholarships out there available to Muslim students that want to study in the arts or want to do anything STEM. Um, also reaching out to like your local mosque, like you mentioned, sometimes they'll be able to throw you money. And the important thing about fundraising is that you should try to apply to like a lot of opportunities or scholarships as early as you can because even if you get like 100 here, 200 there, all of that will add up and can total like 
significant cost, especially if you're going to a country like for for Korea, um, the dollar there is really strong. Like while I was there for the whole month, I ate at every single day, like every single meal. I was able to pretty much like go to a restaurant and eat. It's what your currency will translate to depending on where you're studying abroad too. And um, one thing I really want to say that's valuable is not to be scared of scholarship applications because if you're able to communicate your story, like I know I, like for the Gilman, I struggled. It's hard to talk about yourself, but if you're able to share like why you're passionate, especially things like why this will affect me academically, professionally, personally, they really want to see your side of the story because at the end of the day, the people that are giving you money, they're investing in you. And another point I want to share is to get creative with it. Um, I know at the study abroad office, there was like, I've heard sometimes like students can start like GoFundMe campaigns or like share like a PayPal link with their friends. Like I said, any like money can help because it could pay for a visa, it could pay for like, you know, like your luggage and stuff like that. So just doing your research and like being creative about money and not letting it weigh you down is really important. Also like promoting the study abroad office a lot, but they really did help me. Like Kelly, cause she's the, one of the financial coordinators at the office, going to her and talking to her, she will sit down with you and look through all your like financial aid, all your finances and make a plan because I really didn't think I was gonna be able to fund it, but working with her and seeing like what I would have to do really helped make it a reality. So one thing I can say is that I identify like Muslim American woman. Um, and when I was in Korea, the, like my religion isn't painted on my face. So what people see me as is, oh, you're an American. When you travel, that's the first thing that even if like, I wasn't really like thinking, oh, I'm an American, like too much in my mind. So I was surprised that when I was in Korea, people were like, oh, you're an American. The, first, uh, the question I got the most was, why did you pick Trump as the president? <laughs> like I got that from so many people, like people like that would sell like food on the street would ask me that. I'm like, I don't know how to answer that question. So I feel like when you travel, um, you realize that there's so many layers to your identity. Like it not, might not just be what you're thinking in your head, like, oh, I'm a Muslim woman. It might be like, oh, you're an American Muslim woman, or you're like an American Muslim woman from who whose parents are like from Pakistan and Kuwait. So people will see you differently. Like some people didn't even think I was American. They thought I was like Italian or something else. And I was like, okay. Um, and I was talking to another student. She couldn't be here today. I would have loved her to, but she is in the brochure. Like she's one of the student stories. And she said that when she traveled to Morocco, she was like, oh, it's like a Muslim country. Like she'll be able to fit in there. It'll be easier for her. But she said to the Moroccan people, she wasn't Muslim enough. So mm. you have to think about that. Like. Even in Korea, the Korean Muslims I encountered, the major like question I got was, well, why don't you veil? And I know that's a personal choice for a lot of people. So people are gonna view you in very different, like varying lens. And I feel like that does impact how you view yourself. Because like I said, I, I've had friends that are like, oh, I, I'm not Muslim enough, or I'm too Muslim. So you have to think about that when it comes to identity too, in like global spaces especially. When I was in Korea, I got like the very unique opportunity through Instagram. I met these most Korean Muslims through Instagram and like that seemed like shady at first, but they were students um, that were born in Korea and they were Muslim. And then there were also some students that were studying abroad from Kazakhstan. And there was a couple of students studying abroad from Arabic countries. And we were able to like sit together and like have a meal. And they all shared their experiences with me about what it means for them to be Muslim in Korea. And one of the experiences that really like struck me was 
Her family is very strictly like Catholic. And when she came out to her family that I'm gonna convert to Islam, they were like very against it. And like her relationship with her mom is like severed. So she said, I got to learn more about what like the Korean Muslim scene looked like because go. I feel like as an outsider going in, I'm like, oh, a mosque, I can like feel it home there and I can, but their version of Islam is different because it's entwined with the culture too. And I feel like when you travel, it's sometimes easy to forget that. Like your version of Islam is not gonna be their version. And listening to her experience did make me feel grateful that like, I'm glad that like my relationship with my mom isn't severed or like stuff like that. So I feel like identity, it everything like impacts you, but when you go abroad, you realize that it's, there's like so many layers to it. I think a lot of it for me personally was when I came home and I was able to sit down and like really go over like what was this experience for me, what did this mean to me. When I was presenting at Diversity Abroad, I also was part of their like Global Student Leadership Summit and we had like a seminar there where it was like unpacking your study abroad experience more than like saying, oh, it was amazing. You know, like what made it amazing? How did it impact you? All the goods and bads. And I feel like it's important to do that when you, anywhere you travel, when you come back, to just sit down and reflect, like how did this, like how am I different now from before I went? How does this enrich my experience and what has it done to me? So it, a lot of it for me was when I came back, while I was there, I was like in the middle of it. So I didn't have time to process it. Everything was just happening really fast. Um, so when I was able to actually sit down and think about it more, that's when I started to like have, epiphanies and stuff. I haven't traveled to a Muslim-majority country. I mean, I have when I was younger, but that's like too early for me to really think about these things. But I can say that uh, one of my friends, uh, Nazis, she when she traveled to Morocco, she said that she thought it was going to be easy because it's a Muslim country. But she said it's really hard because people will still look at you as an outsider. Even though she's Muslim, she was American, like she wasn't Muslim enough. And she said it's very difficult because when she would go out into the streets of Morocco, people didn't see her as Muslim. But when she would be in her class, like on her study abroad program, she was like the only Muslim there. And whenever they had questions about Islam, what was going on in Morocco, they were like, oh, let's ask Najis. And she's like, it's hard being like that token Muslim in a class or in a global space, uh, especially like if she is in a Muslim country. So again, there's like a lot of like complexity to work through when you are studying abroad in a Muslim country. For me, going to Korea, since it's not like, it's obviously not a Muslim country, I feel like there was a lot of like more camaraderie in like the smaller minority community there, like with the students that I sat in. We had dinner and we talked about how it feels to be Muslim in Korea. Um, but again, for me, the biggest thing was the food. Like I yeah. would, I knew Korean to say like, I didn't want meat in my food, but they would be like, why? Like, you're so skinny, like eat more. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> no, you don't understand. And it did get to a point where I was just like, I would have to like just take the meat out or request vegetarian. So I feel like it's what you also make of the experience. If you have family in like the Muslim majority country, then you're gonna get a completely different experience than if you were traveling on your own. But I personally also think like it probably is a bit more challenging to navigate your Muslim identity in a Muslim majority country because that's one thing that will really be challenged. I think that one really important thing we have to consider is even though we're so connected throughout so through with social media, we have to think like there's an algorithm that runs that thing. There, it's very curated what you see. 
and things you see on the news, like certain perceptions are formed about other countries, and you won't break past those perceptions until you actually go to those countries. Like what you might know about Korea or what you might know about like the Middle East might be very fueled by what you interact with on a daily basis through the news, through media. But when you're there, you're able to form those connections and your own perspectives on your own. And I feel like that's also one really big, like important thing we have to do and like studying abroad, it's to form our own opinions. Like don't just like sit there and let the TV feed you, like go out there and learn on your own. When I was in Korea, like I was able to like see different parts of religions there. I was able to make friends, like I said. I also, while I was there, like I was able to like do like a market research study for some product they were launching in the US. So like just these like little things, like you'd never know what's gonna happen. And I feel like it might be like romanticized, like, oh, like study abroad, like go travel to this country, but actually doing it and like realizing that it's a journey not just like one time like destination thing it's just so important and very enriching for you personally too thanks to ifra for sharing her experiences with us for more information on ifra's story or study abroad at Rutgers, be sure to visit our website at global.ruckers.edu that's all for this episode of Rutgers around the world join us next time as we discuss all things global with members of the Rutgers community thanks for listening